to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. Hallelujah. I hope you all are studying the kingdom of God and learning about the kingdom and the ways of the kingdom and the government of the kingdom and the benefits of the kingdom because, praise God, it really starts opening your eyes up to things in the Bible that you couldn't understand before. It gives you revelation on scriptures that you couldn't really come up with before. So, praise God. Spend time in the Word. I encourage you to spend time in the Word. Set a time each day. I don't care if it's 15 minutes, 20, whatever you've got. Get it in the Word of God and let the Holy Ghost show you a few things about uh, the kingdom and your life and everything else. Praise God. All right, I'm going to share some things this morning, and uh, I'm sure you're going to have a good time as I share them. Praise God. All right, go to Matthew chapter 12 this morning. When you enter the kingdom of God, a lot of things happen in your life. A lot of things that you don't understand happen. I mean, when I got born again of the kingdom of God, nobody ever told me that I was a new creation in Christ Jesus, that old things had passed away and all things had become new. I had to go to the Word to find that out. Most of the leaders I was under didn't know I was a new creation, so they definitely couldn't teach me I was a new creation because they didn't even know I was a new creation at all. I didn't know I had authority. I didn't know I had the power of the Spirit of God at my access on the inside of me right now. I didn't know that I could stand against situations and circumstances in my life. I was told to just do your best. Do your best, brother. You're going to heaven someday, but we're just going to trudge through the mud now and see when we get there. And then all things are going to be good. Don't worry about not having any peace and joy. That's just the way this life is, praise God. But when you die, well, I didn't want to die. I wanted to live in peace and joy here, praise God. So... I found out that I can live in peace all the time. I can live in joy all the time. I can live in victory all the time. I can live a life basically like I was in the heaven because Jesus told us to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth just like it is in heaven. How many have ever prayed that prayer? Well, keep praying it, praise God. It's a good prayer. Hallelujah. All right, Matthew chapter 12. I'm in a little frisky mood this morning for some reason. Don't know why, that's just where I'm at, praise God. So don't fight the feeling, glory to God. All right, Matthew chapter 12, look at verse 22. Then was brought unto him one possessed with a devil, blind and dumb, and he healed him insomuch that the blind and the dumb both spake, and he saw. Now this is interesting here, it tells you what Jesus was doing. First of all, you've got to understand that your real indication of the kingdom of God is Jesus himself. Jesus was the kingdom in sandals. He's the word of God on two legs. He is basically what you should be doing, the same things that he is doing. Here it says he healed the person he saw and he was able to speak. So Jesus was the living word of God. But then when Jesus left, he left his mandate, his power and his authority to his disciples. His disciples started doing the same thing that Jesus did. They started setting people free. Their ministry was about the same. Their call was about the same. All this was to bring the kingdom of heaven back into the earth realm, especially the will of heaven back into earth. I mean, you know, the kingdom of heaven's will is not sickness. 
It's not depression. It's not disease. It's not down and out. It's not any of those things. So basically God has placed us here now since we've entered the kingdom of God to do the same things Jesus did is set people free who are still in another kingdom called the kingdom of darkness. Now in that kingdom basically they are citizens there and they are obtaining from that kingdom. How many of you know that? So we want to get them in the kingdom of God where they can obtain good things that they haven't been getting before and basically get them into the kingdom of God. So here basically Jesus gave the mandate also to his disciples and the disciples passed that mandate on to who? On to us. So what am I here to do? I am here to open the eyes of those who are blind, not only physical but spiritually blind. Those who do not see what's going on in the real world. Those who do not understand the spirit world. They don't even stand that they are a spirit with a soul and a physical body. I am here to bring information to them so that they completely come out of darkness into his marvelous light. Hallelujah. And how many know that takes some time, don't it? Even, even if I was in a country now, and let's say I was in the United States, and I moved to Spain, and I decided to become a citizen there, how many know it's going to take me time to think like someone who's in Spain because I've already found out what it's like to live in America. See, there are laws. I can't take my laws with me. They got different laws. I can't say, well, the United States, you're allowed to do that. I mean, you know, I'm still going to go to jail. I mean, no, I'd say, well, I, th I thought you'd give me this in Spain. They do in America. They would say, too bad because we don't do that here. So when you come out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light or the kingdom of God, you have to leave some things behind the way you used to do things and do them God's way. And the only way you can do them God's way is by do them by knowing his constitution of how to do the things basically that he wants you to do. His will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, change that. His will be done in your life as it is in So I want it to be that way. How many of you want it to be that way? So what am I going to have to do? I'm going to have to forget some things the way I was operating, different laws, different rules that are over here in the kingdom of darkness and get rid of them and come into the kingdom of light and be educated in the kingdom of light basically so that we can help other people. We can exercise our power and our authority against the kingdom of darkness and set other people free. What are we doing? We're basically in charge with an immigration policy. We are trying to get people to come into the kingdom of light through immigration. From one country, darkness, to another country, light. Are you following me? And notice, it's a better country. It shouldn't be hard to sell. I mean, you, you see people coming over the south border here all the time fighting to get here. Why are they coming here? Because Mexico and Guatemala and those places are a lot better than the United States? No, because they see something better. They want to become a citizen of another country where there's things there that are good for them, where there's finances for them, where there's a job for them, where there's education for them. Whether they're, so they're fight, they'll, I'll tell you, they'll, they'll forge papers to get across the border. They'll sneak across the border. They'll gamble dying to come across the border just to become a citizen of something better than what they got. And we came out of the kingdom of darkness and we came into a place where we got something better than what we had before. But nobody wants to take advantage of it because everybody still thinks they're living in the other kingdom. I'm saved and going to heaven. What's it mean to be a kingdom citizen? I'm saved and going to heaven. What does it mean? I'm saved and going to heaven. But if I'm a citizen there, that gives me rights from there, not when I get to heaven, but right now. Right. See, I get access to my home country. And my home country, which is a real country, is heaven. And heaven's got, from what I know, a lot of stuff. Amen. And a lot of stuff that I need in my life and a lot of stuff I want. So I've renounced my citizenship earthly, even though I still am. But I'm going to receive my stuff from this government and not try to get it from this government. 
And if this government or whatever's going on in your life is trying to take advantage of you, just go to the other government. See, we got an army too. How many of you know you got an army around you? And you, let me tell you this, you're not the army. The angels are the army. Everybody thinks we're a great and mighty army. You're not an army at all. Civilians aren't an army. Police force is an army. Who do you call when, you, when somebody robs your house? You don't call yourself. You call the authorities. You call the police because they are the authorities. Well, it's the same way with us. You're a citizen. You're not in the army of God. The angels are the army of God. And the angels are here, what for? To hearten to the voice of the Lord your God that comes out of your mouth and to protect you and to do things for you and to shift things in the spirit realm because they are the army which we have. So I'd rather have that army than the army we've got in the natural world right now. Sometimes I don't even know if the natural world army we've got right now is even on my side. And there goes 30 seconds. But that's all right. I'm telling you the truth this morning. I'd rather trust in this army up here. I'd rather trust in the finances here. I'd rather trust in the peace and the joy that comes from here. So I want to make access, but I've got to understand that my citizenship in heaven is just as and more important than my citizenship here on the earth, praise God. I'm a heavenly lean. Say, I'm a heavenly lean. I don't even know if that's a word, praise God. All right, you're in Matthew chapter 12. Look at verse 24. Okay, go back to verse 22. We'll just read it straight through. Then was brought unto him one possessed with the devil, blind and dumb, and he healed him, insomuch that the blind and the dumb both spake and saw. And all the people were amazed and said, Is not this the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow does not cast out devils, but by Beelzebub, the prince of devils. I'll notice, if you're going to really want to operate in the kingdom of God and really be a kingdom citizen, don't think you're going to get a big thank you or a pat on the back for doing kingdom things. Because most people don't think like you think. You are a minority if you're a kingdom of God thinker. Most Christians won't even line up with your kingdom of God thinking. Here Jesus casts out a devil, heals this guy, and the leaders, say the leaders. The leaders of the Pharisee come against him. Well, he did that. He did that by the devil. That's how he did it. He basically used the devil's power to do that. So when you start understanding the kingdom, living in the kingdom, there is a chance, probably a good one, that you may lose some of your friends you may lose some of your family members. Now, if I get to that spot and I want to keep my friends and keep my family members, I will have to compromise the word of the kingdom in order to keep them. In other words, I can speak half-truth. That way they won't get totally mad at me or totally leave me. And by doing that, I'm trapped in the middle someplace because I'm compromising the word of God now. But if you speak the word of God as it is, and as it's written, you are going to affect other people's lives one way or the other. How many of you if, you, if you got radical, fanatical, crazy out there someplace, your family sometimes have thought maybe you went off the deep end? Yep. <coughs> See, they don't understand, do they? They've got a mindset of darkness. They don't understand what's going on. They don't even understand a miracle. They'd rather attribute it to Satan than to God. So basically, when you do that, you may lose some friends if you really want to walk in the kingdom of God. You may lose some other things that you got. Others will lose their jobs. How many know you can't be a stripper, get born of the kingdom of God, and still live on the dollar bills? Got to be a shift, don't there? You have to make a shift. You can't say, oh, praise God, I'm in the kingdom, but I'm going right back. I make a bunch of money over here, so I'm going back into the bar. And I'm going, No, you can't do that, see? You can't do that as a kingdom citizen. You cannot violate the word of God. And the Bible says the results of living a godly life, you 
will suffer persecution. And the persecution that we're looking at most of the time in the kingdom of God is not coming from the world. Most of it will come from people who are in the kingdom of God, but ignorant. See, they're still living in darkness, still living in the way of darkness. See, when I came out of the darkness into the light, the first thing to change on me was my language. And now I run around other people who've been born of the kingdom of God, and they can't understand why I don't use the same vulgar words that they do when we're both in the kingdom of God. It's because I've decided to use the kingdom language, and now they're even afraid to use their language around me. Come on, ain't that the truth? Oh, once they'll cuss and say, oh my God, I'm sorry, you were here. Why? Because they know that you don't talk like they talk. You don't live like they live. And it convicts them because they're in a kingdom and still living in the wrong kingdom as a citizen, obtaining from the kingdom of darkness rather than the kingdom of light where your language will change. Your moralities will change. Your, your values will change. Your way of living will change. You won't rip people off anymore. You won't downgrade people anymore. You won't treat people like they're not people anymore. All these things are ways we renew our mind on the kingdom of God so that we come out of that kingdom. And, and this is where the attraction is in evangelism, and this is why there's not a whole lot going on in the church. Because all the church members get in the kingdom of God and live like they're in the kingdom of darkness anyway. So you're running around with kingdom of darkness people who don't know you're in the kingdom of God anyway because you act just like they act. Do just like they do. Oh, you're saved? Good. You're a Christian? Good. And what do they think? I go to church. They go to church on Sunday and Wednesday. That's why they're a Christian. No, you're a citizen. You're just not a citizen on Sunday morning and Wednesday. How many of you are American citizens just on Saturday? See, we want to do membership, not citizenship. I'm a member of a church. No, you're a citizen of a kingdom. You're not a member, really, of any church. Membership basically goes into denominations and all that stuff. I'm a member of this. I'm a member of that. I'm a member of that. And if you get mad at them, you just switch members. Well, I'm not going to be a Catholic anymore. I'm going to be a Lutheran now because they agree with me a little bit more. But see, in the kingdom of God, you're already a citizen. You don't give up your citizenship. We're not a religious people who live like God lives on Sunday from 10.30 to noon, then Wednesday night, 7.30 to 8.30, and then live like the kingdom of darkness the rest of the time because we think we're Christians. You're a citizen. You're a citizen 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And I'll tell you what, whether anybody likes you in the kingdom of God or not, they can't get rid of your citizenship. They can kick you out as a member. They can demember or dismember you. Just kick you out. We don't like you. Get gone. You're a troublemaker. Go. But in the kingdom of God, you become a citizen. And nobody can take your citizenship away, praise God. Now, you can postpone it by doing some bad things, ending up in jail and losing some of your rights, but you're still a citizen. Because you basically did not follow the righteousness of the kingdom that you were living in. So when you step outside the righteousness of the kingdom of God, you lose some stuff, see, that are rights to you because basically you're in jail at that time. How are you following me? I'm trying to get in one direction and I keep going in three different directions, praise God. That's what happens when you read the Bible too much. And here's the thing. When people get in the kingdom of God and they become Christians and they start to believe on the word... See, when you start to believe the word, you're basically you're a baby and you're, you've had all these teachings for years and years and years that this and that and you're no good and you're terrible and you can't even ever go amount to nothing. Then once you read where you're the righteousness of God in Christ and you confess it twice. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. But then you go out and the next person you run into you don't like and you cuss them out, slap them, run away. And all at once, I'm not the righteousness of God in Christ. See, But how many know the word remains true? 
even if you don't remain true to the so you're still going to say, even though I messed up, I still the righteousness of God in. That's where I take on my identity through faith in what he provided for on the blood, not in how I act. So in the kingdom of God, I'm just going to take advantage of everything that he basically gave to me. Now, here's the problem. Let's say if sickness hits your body and you try to believe God for healing and it doesn't work. So you go to the doctor, that's fine and everything. And then you get sick again and you try it again and it doesn't work. And you try it again, and it doesn't work. After about the third time, you'll just simply compromise the word. Well, you know, God heals some, doesn't heal others. It's evident. He healed Brother Joe over here. He didn't do a thing for me when I was sick. So notice, this is a growing process. This is a re, remodel, a re, reprogramming up here. You're, it takes time to reprogram. It takes time to do. And if you're not careful, you'll write the word of God off and accept the things of the kingdom of darkness again as normal for you. And once you do that, you're stuck. You can't go no place further. I've had people all the time. Here we preach healing. Preach by the stripes of Jesus, you are healed. Not will be, not going to be, you are healed. Now, people have come here. They were sick. They tried their best. They quoted the word. They did whatever. But they never became to the revelation that they are healed. They were still in the revelation of trying to be healed or try to get healing. And it didn't work out for them. So what do they do? They got mad at the preacher, got mad at the word, got mad at God. He ain't doing what he said he'd do. And they ended up throwing down the word of God. Well, the word of God is fact and the word of God is true. And God is not going to change the word of God to line up with your situations. We've had where you've got leaders of large churches who got cancer and died and everybody in the church went crazy. Oh, he died. He preached healing. He's dead. Oh, why didn't it work for him? Why didn't it work for him? I don't know why it didn't work for him, but it doesn't change. Amen. God, if I drop dead up here this morning, I'll be going, I'm healed all the way down, praise God, before I hit the floor. Why? Because I'd rather be dying confessing the word than confessing doubt and unbelief. And that's what happens when the Word of God doesn't work in our favor a couple times. We want to go back into doubt and unbelief, and we want to live there, and we want to qualify it, and we want to say that's just the way that it is, that it doesn't happen, and sometimes it does happen in our life. Well, let me ask you a question. If you went home today, and you turned on your air conditioner when you got there, and it did go on, would you say, that's it, I'm mad at air conditioning? I'm tired of the electric company. I've had it with air conditioning. I'm just done with air conditioning. No, you know air conditioning is supposed to work. So you would call somebody, come on now, you would call somebody, even if you had to take a quick class, you would try to figure out how to get that darn air conditioner back on because that air conditioner is supposed to work. I, I know it's supposed to work. You never heard anybody say, well, air conditioning just don't work for me. Don't come to my house. Air works for you, probably don't work for me, so don't come over here. This is a non-working air conditioning house over here. But yet on the Word of God, see, it sounds funny, don't it? Now let's go to the Word of God. I just don't believe God heals. I don't believe what He preaches. I don't believe what He says. I'm just believing, preaching you the Word. I'm not teaching you my philosophy here. I'm reading it right out of the book, Amen. praise God. And the Bible says, if God said, we can boldly say what He said. Same way with the light switch. We came in this morning. We threw the light switch. We didn't say, that's it. No more light. God took light from Treasure Coast Victory Center. You know why? He wants us to get closer to Him in the darkness. See, then you start making excuses. No, the word is, what are you going to, you're going to stand on the word of God. That's what you're going to do. You go to the doctor, you're still going to be believing the word of God. You ask somebody for wisdom, you're still going to believe the word of God. Just like Marie did. Marie never said, he comes in and says, oh, you're going to die. She never said, oh, that's right, I better call. She said, no, I'm going to live. 
Everything that he said, she just contradicted him. But he was the expert in the one world. But she had a greater expert in the other world. And the other world said she was healed. And he was said, you're probably going to die. So she made up her mind. Now, she's not the only one that's going to have to make up their mind. So you've got to make up your mind which you're going to go with which kingdom. Because if you think things in the world are going to get better, if you think everything's just going to get peachy as soon as we get 2022 and 2024, no, 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 no. There's other stuff planned coming down the road that's going to come against every people. And when that people comes, I don't want to get my information from darkness. I don't want to believe in darkness. I want to believe in the word of the living God that operates in my life and allows God and the Spirit of God and the power of God into my life with all the finances He's got. God's never going to run out of finances. Don't worry. He's never going to say, oh, that's too much this week. I can give you half. <laughs> half this week, half next week. No, that's not the way it is. This, this word of God here is true. God never lies. It's a fact when it's said. It belongs. So what do we want to do? We want to lock in on the word. I want to use the word in every situation that I run into, and I want to stay on that word, whether it comes out good or it doesn't come out good. Because every time you're standing on the word of God, you're building strength. It's like going to the gym. See? Are you healed today? <coughs> yeah. <coughs> From the top of my head to the sole of my feet, I'm healed. <coughs> See? Remember there was some, dear Lord, there was some lady who, dear Lord, I can tell off on myself. I hate to do that, but I've got to. <laughs> we were doing healing one time, laying hands on people who were coming up, and some older lady came up, and she had a cane, and my gosh, she looked like, she was probably about 60 and looked to be like 98. She comes up front, she makes it all the way up, and she said, I've got a testimony. I thought, praise God, I laid hands on somebody, and they got healed. Glory to God, give that testimony. So she takes the mic, and she says, I just want to thank God that I'm healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. She took her cane, and she went back to her seat. I thought, sit the heck down and shut your mouth. That's one through my mind, until you're healed. And God said, well, at least one of you is in faith. I thought, I hope it was, hope it was me. <laughs> but it wasn't. It was her because she had grabbed onto the word before the physical. Come on now. Before the physical thing happened in her life. And she believed the word of God and she was being healed as she went back to her seat. And I certainly wasn't helping. Man's got a faith and power right here. Yeah, all I was doing is hindering her. Couldn't even agree with her, praise God. Because I was so attached to the natural realm and what it looked like. I couldn't get over on the word of God, praise God. The Word of God works. How many of you know that? So it doesn't matter what it looks like in the natural. It doesn't matter what you feel like in the natural. It doesn't matter what symptoms you had. The Word of God is true, and I'm healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. And I'm just going to stay on that Word of God. I'm going to stay on my needs are met according to His riches and glory. When you go way in debt, I'll tell you what, don't go around telling everybody how in debt you are. Don't go around telling everybody how much money you don't have. Don't, no, no, no. You say, God, He meets my needs according to His riches and glory, and that's where I'm staying. How's it going this week? Well, my needs are met according to His riches and glory. Did the money come in? Well, my needs are met according to His riches and glory. Are you still in debt? My needs are met according to His riches and glory. And they'll quit calling you. See, they want to hear about how bad things are going, how terrible they're gone. Maybe we can get together and, and plead the mercy of God on your life. God's already provided all these things for us. We're just making the connection through the Word of God to get to those things, praise God. So hallelujah. As you grow in the things of God, as the Spirit of God leads you into revelation of the kingdom of God, you're going to find out you need to trust that kingdom more than this kingdom. And that's a switchover, isn't it? Because we, 
growing. 30 years I was trusting this kingdom. Then all at once this new kingdom comes into play and I got to switch all my trust. The Bible says trust in the Lord with how much? Why did he say all? Because half your heart's here and half of it's there. And he wants your whole heart. He wants it there. When I found out a revelation that I got from the kingdom of heaven that God actually loved me. He loved me. Nobody told me that here. They told me I was an alcoholic. They told me I was a waste. They told me I was a drunk. They told me I was everything else. But God said, I love you just the way I was. I thought, man, this guy's crazy. (laughs) I like this God. He's crazy. He loves you just the way you are, man. This guy's really cool. And that's what broke in my life. That's what changed my life. That somebody could actually love me the way that I was, for God's sakes, when I was the way I was. And then people said, do you think God's happy with you now? My God, he's got to be. Even if I'm having a bad kingdom day, it's better than the old days when he loved me. Sure, he loves you and he wants the best for you. He's not here to judge every little thing you do wrong. He's here to move you past that and get you in the kingdom. You start focusing on the kingdom rather than yourself. All the things in yourself will fall away, but we want to take care of ourselves. We're going to shape us up, praise God. We're going to get rid of this problem in our life and that problem in our life and anger and rejection and all that. We'll just keep fighting, have a good time. It's not going to work. No, once I find out what the kingdom has said about my situation and believe it, all that stuff leaves my life. It just repels off of it. All right, go to Luke chapter 22. All right, Luke chapter 22, look at verse 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee, that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. I notice, up until this time, <laughs> it made somebody happy. Up to this time, basically, Peter was allowing some things in his life basically that was giving him patterns to live in the wrong world rather than in the kingdom of God. He was allowing things in there that were working on him to get him to a place of unbelief in his life. Peter allowed things in. He did different things. And Jesus comes along and says, hey, Satan is strategizing against you. He's coming against you to destroy you. Now notice, Peter is not exceptional. That means there is a plan in your life devised by Satan himself and his little demons to make sure that you don't get into the place where you're supposed to get into. So they're they're figuring out how they can do it, what they can do. So Jesus said, hey, I'm going to pray that your faith in the word, how many know in the word? So what was he trying to do? He was trying to get Peter to a place where he would discredit the word or discredit Jesus in his life. All right, look at verse 33. And he said unto him, Lord, I am ready to go with thee both to prison and to death. And Jesus said, well, I'll tell you, Peter, the cock shall not crow this day before thou shalt thrice deny thee three times. Hallelujah. What a conversation, huh? Now, this tells me one thing here. You've got to have more than just the confession of your mouth to get victory. You've got to have it in your heart to come out of your mouth. Because how many know Peter looked really good with the other disciples? You're all going to run away, and you're all going to run away from me. Not me. <coughs> my name's Peter, and upon this rock I'll build my church. And I want you to know I'll never deny, never, never read my lips, never deny you. I won't do it. All right, look at verse 40. 
And when he was at the place, Jesus said to them, Pray that you enter not into what? Temptation. Temptation. Pray. How many know you need to pray? It's not enough just to say you have faith. It's not enough just to read the word. Life can overcome you if you are not prayed up. What do I do when I pray? I water the word of God in my life so that it grows to a place where it overcomes the natural realm when I think. Stay up and pray. What did Peter do instead? He slept. He slept. Say he slept. Are you a sleeper? And I'll tell you when you'll know what you really believe when the storm hits. When the storm hits, you will know what's really in your heart because it will immediately come out of your mouth. See? So what comes out of your mouth when something hits? What comes out of your mouth when a symptom hits? What comes out of your mouth when a bill comes? It's, it's a little bit too much. What comes out of your mouth when a situation comes? I'm just so angry I could kill you. I mean, it's time to go back to prayer. Go back into the Word of God. See, it still hasn't taken. The Bible says that the Word of God will prevail in your life. What's it prevailing over? Not you, your thought life. The way you normally thought. It's prevailing to a point where you think kingdom thoughts all the time. You react the way the kingdom would react. You respond the way the kingdom would respond. You respond the way Jesus would respond. And the best thing, or the greatest example of that is when they nailed Jesus to the cross. Kingdom says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Kingdom of darkness, which I think would be, I'm going to get off this cross. I'm going to kill every one of you. Praise God. I'm going to call Rambo and everybody else in the world, and we're going to take you out. Ain't that what you'd think? You would never think in the natural realm, Father, forgive them. Or I'd say, angels, get them. How many know you could have did that? Uh, you could have said, hey, legions of angels, wipe these clowns out, and let's get it over with. Praise God. But he didn't. Why? He was kingdom thinking. He was people thinking. He was God thinking. He was doing things that the kingdom of God would do in the way the kingdom of God thought. All right, look at verse 47. And while he yet spake, behold, a multitude, and he that was called Judas, one of the twelve, went before them and drew near unto Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said unto him, Judas, betrayest thou the Son of Man with a kiss? When they which were about him saw what, saw what would follow, they said unto him, Lord, shall we smite with the sword? And one of them, how many know who that was? Peter smote the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. So here we go, we get in the high tent situation. He's not going to deny Jesus. Here comes the army to him. He gets there. Jesus is there. Judas betrays him with a kiss. And what does he do? He takes his sword and he cuts off somebody's right ear. Now, how many know in order to save Jesus, he was going to have to do a lot of ear cutting? See, in the natural, sometimes when we respond natural, we think we solved the problem. And all we did was hurt somebody else in the meantime. See, but it's not that way. He didn't want him to cut off the ears. He didn't want to do that. You've got to ask myself in my own life, am I an ear cutter? Do I trust the world's way of doing things? Or do I trust the kingdom's way of doing things? So his method in the world way would be to retaliate, wouldn't it? The world's way is if somebody yells at you, you yell back. Somebody makes fun of you, you make fun of them. Somebody criticizes you, you criticize them. You always got your sword ready. What'd they say about me? What, they don't like me? What did they say about me? Getting off quiet in here. Some of you put your swords up. Yeah, see, that's the way we respond. That's the way we do it in the natural realm. Jesus said, put that thing away. That's not the way we do it in the kingdom of God. 
for health and for all these things, I want to rely on the kingdom of God. For finances, the kingdom of God. For my peace, the kingdom of God. For the joy of my kingdom of God. For my decisions, the kingdom of God. Whatever I do, I want to re- respond with the kingdom of God. How would the king do the things that I am doing? All right. Look at verse 54. Then took they him, Jesus, and led him and brought him into the high priest's house. And Peter followed where? Where did he follow? Where did he follow? Oh, look, here's Peter, still living in the flesh, chopping off people's ears. He made the great confession, you know, praise God, I'm right with you all the time. But notice, not once when the tragedy starts to hit and things aren't working out the way he wanted them to work out, he starts following Jesus from? How many of you ever got to a place where you started following Jesus afar? See, well, if that's just the way it's going to be, then I don't really care. I ain't reading a stupid Bible anymore, and I ain't got time for it, and blah, 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 blah. And what are you doing? You're getting further and further away from the answer to everything that you got. You're living afar. It doesn't mean you, you lost your citizenship. It doesn't mean you're going to hell. It just means now you're afar off. And how many know stuff can do that to you? And there's a lot of stuff in the world going on, ain't there? You might have this going on, and that going on, and this going on, and kids going on here, and this going on there. And all that stuff can come in and swallow up the Word of God and the kingdom citizenship that you got. So you've got to be careful that that does not happen in your life. All right, look at verse 55. And when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the hall and were set down together, Peter sat among them. But a certain maid beheld him as he sat by the fire and earnestly looked upon him and said, This man was also with him. And he denied him, saying, Woman, I don't even know him. And after a little while, another saw him and said, Thou art also with him. And Peter said, Man, I am not. And about the space of one hour, after another confidently affirmed, saying, Of a truth, this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. And Peter said, Man, I know not what you say. And immediately while he spake, the cock crowed. And the Lord turned and looked unto Peter, and Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me how many times? Three times. So here's Peter. He's already made the good confession. He's already told everybody what he's going to do. And notice, the devil wasn't happy with the fact that he just cut off one person's ear. He wanted to make him confess anti-word confession. So instead of saying, yeah, I'm going to stick with Jesus because that's what I said. He started denying him. See, the devil's not happy until you put your problem in your mouth, your unbelief, and start talking it. He wanted Peter. He says, here you go, Peter. You think you know so much. You think you're such a man of God that you're not going to leave. Let me get you to confess it. Not once, not twice. I'm going to make you confess it three times. And he confessed, I don't know him. I don't even know who the guy is. I don't even know. And I mean, three, hour, three hours earlier, he was going, not even die with you. See, because it wasn't in here, was it? And there was a challenge being made. So Satan wants you to use your mouth to basically destroy yourself. He wants you to keep connected to his kingdom because that's his kingdom. He don't want to lose you totally. He's already lost you as far as citizenship and being born again. But he, he wants your mind. He wants your heart. He wants to control your finances. He wants to do all those things in your life. So he wants to keep you over here. So he's going to try to get you to words to come out your mouth that are doubt and unbelief. And notice why. It says, and Peter remembered the word of the Lord. Say, Peter, Peter. remembered Remember. the word of the Lord. Now, why did Peter have to remember the word of the Lord? Because apparently Peter forgot the word of the Lord. See, it's easy to remember the word of the Lord when nothing's going bad in your life. Healed? Yes. 
Any symptoms? No. Finances? Oh, we got plenty. Everything's good. Then once a bill comes in you didn't expect, a symptom hits your body, and the next thing is, I didn't even know there was a scripture that said I was healed. I didn't even know God healed. That's news to me. See? And then you go down that train for a while, and you get caught in the middle between compromise between that realm and that realm, and you get stuck in the middle. And Jesus said, I don't want you in the middle. I'd rather have you hot, or I'd rather have you cold. You keep sticking in the middle, I'm going to spit you. So being in the middle is a bad place to be, ain't it? Why is that? Because when you're cold, you're not wondering whether you're cold. You know you're cold. And if some other buddy comes up to you and says, hey, man, you're cold. You need to better get back with the things of God. You're not going to argue. You're going to say, yeah, I'm cold. But if you're in the middle, I'm all right. I'm okay. Went to church once last month. I prayed for 10 minutes two weeks ago. I'm doing all right. So you're satisfied. It's good. Everything's fine with me. Don't worry about it. Jesus said he'd rather have you hot or he'd rather have you Notice, he wants you hot. He wants you hot on the things of God. And if you run into a cold person, they're the best people to minister to. Because you don't have to, you're not going to hurt their feelings by saying you're cold because they know it. Somebody in the middle, you tell them you're cold, you're, they're going to get mad at you. Because they think they're hot. But they're not. So I want to stay hot. Say, I want to stay hot. Say, I need to remember the word of the Lord in order to stay hot. All right, go to Luke chapter 11. One of the best witnessing tools we have as people in the kingdom of God is our own lifestyle. People will know you're different. People will sometimes won't know why you're different, but they'll just see the way you act. They'll see the way you respond. They'll see the way you do everything, praise God. And it matters because they know. The people that I play basketball with know who I am and what I stand for. They, they may cuss and then say, oh, I'm sorry. You know, I forgot you were here or whatever and all that. But they know what I stand for and they know I'm not arguing every time somebody thinks they got fouled and didn't get fouled and everybody's shouting and screaming. I don't respond that way. I don't act that way. And guys who get all the time like this really want what I've got. It's no fun to argue over a foul call for 15 minutes and want to beat each other up when it doesn't really make a difference. I mean, we're not in the seventh game of the NBA Finals. I mean, my God, I'm just trying to survive, see? But they're out there and being all serious. But they know there's something different, see? They know, they know not to invite me to play basketball on Sunday morning. <laughs> Playing at 8 o'clock at the beach, you coming? I said, no, but right after that 10.30, I got a front row seat waiting for you anytime you come. Some guy came up and asked me, the other day, do you really have a front row seat? I said, brother, if you come, I'll clear out the whole front row. <laughs> I'll give you the whole thing. You can have the whole, any seat you want in the front row belongs to you, brother. That's what we're going to do. And I believe sooner or later, sooner, I think, what I'm going to show up just to see what's the matter with me. Come on, ain't that what they think? When they see you acting like you do, they think, what the heck is the matter with that person? I don't know what's the matter with them. And here's their best thing. You must be religious. No, if I was religious, I'd be going to church Saturday or Sunday morning till noon, then coming Tuesday night to play ball and cussing up a storm. But I'm not. I'm a citizen in a kingdom. And my citizenship is with me 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I can't shake it off. It's there. 
and nobody can kick me out of the kingdom of God, praise God, because that's where I am, and I'm a member of it, glory to God. All right, look at Luke chapter 11. Look at verse 53. And as Jesus said these things unto them, the scribes and the Pharisees began to urge him vehemently and to provoke him to speak of many things, laying wait for him and seeking to catch something out of his mouth that they might accuse him. So they're coming to Jesus. They're not trying to get Jesus to commit adultery. They're not trying to get Jesus to do this. They're trying to get him to speak something out of his mouth that's doubt, unbelief, and lines up with what they believe. That's what they were after him for. I mean, no, Jesus never did that. So notice, people you run around with who don't quite like the way you do things because you do them right are sooner or later going to get, try to get you to say something out of your mouth so they can feel better about their position because if you just slip one time, they feel so much better about themselves because they're slipping 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So they're going to watch you, aren't they? They're going to watch how it responds. They're going to watch when you go in for layup and somebody just lays you out on the ground, whether you're going to cuss or jump up or scream at that guy or whatever. They're going to watch everything that you do, praise God. They want you to do the natural thing to do. Why? So they can feel better about the thing. But when you get up and you're still smiling, and when you get up and you don't cuss, and when you get up because you're from a different kingdom, they just can't understand what's the matter with you. They came to the other day and they said, we're glad you're playing with us, but we really don't understand you. And I said, well, I'm glad I'm playing with you too. And I understand me perfectly, praise God, so don't worry about it. <laughs> Only one of us really got to understand me, and that's me. Glory to God. Hallelujah. But this, I'm telling you what, the lifestyle you got when you continue to grow in it, and how many know it's growth? We're still trying to get rid of some things in this old kingdom and get into this new kingdom with some new things that are here. And as we make that transformation, we start to act different. We start to respond different. We start to, and when you hook up with the righteousness or right standing with the kingdom of God, then all these things start to be added to you, and you'll stop worrying about things. Stop thinking about things, what you need, what you got to have, just what does he want, what does he need today, and what does he have to, and when you do that, all these other things just come into your life, and people tell you how to, ask you how do they came in, and you don't know, how at once did you come out of debt, I don't know, I just sought first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and for some reason all these debts were canceled in my life, praise God. Why? Because you put a responsibility on God to take care of every situation in your life. Worry is an enemy to you. Fear is an enemy to you. Unbelief is definitely an enemy to you. And the devil every day is trying to get you to speak doubt and unbelief out of your mouth. Doubt and unbelief out of your mouth. He'll bring doubt and unbelievers next to you who all they do is tout doubt and unbelief to get you to talk doubt and unbelief. And how many know, once again, we're a minority? See, whether you teach school, whether whatever your job is, go to a factory, you don't walk in and say, praise God, it's a wonderful day, and everybody in the workforce says, glory to God, it is such a good day. Praise the name of the Lord. Life's just so wonderful. Hallelujah. No, they, they're going to come back and say, what's the matter with you? You're over in your machine. You're bugging me. See? So we're changing, aren't we? We're going from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. We've been translated, but we are a citizen. Say, I'm a citizen. Now, are you a citizen this afternoon, yes. tomorrow morning, yes. Wednesday night, yes. Thursday, yes. if your car breaks down, yes. if somebody cusses you out? Yes. Yeah, see, you can't put that citizenship aside just for 10 minutes and have a little bit of fun. That's not the way it operates. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for your word this morning. Father, I just thank you to continually teach us in every single area of our life. 
We want to be an example for you. We want to be the kingdom on two legs. We want to be the word of God in sandals. We thank you for what you're doing in our hearts and in our minds. And we thank you for revelation. Father, I pray for the knowledge of your wisdom and spiritual understanding. And everybody of Treasure Coast Victory Center, open their eyes to your understanding. Father, let them know the power that they have, the call that they have, and the inheritance that they have. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. All right, we will see you Wednesday night, 730. the key.